0: Look, Nick, my deal is the only deal on the table, Okay, It's me or nothing. (laughs) I think that's what What? we're going to be hearing a lot of in the next 48
1: hours. Do you know what? What? I haven't actually listened to or read any news for about (laughs) 10 days. Seriously, I have literally no idea what's going on.
0: You've missed the fun this morning.
1: I I don't know what you're talking about. I'm not sure. I want to know. Oh... I don't want to spoil it for you No, I don't oh. know what's happening So I'll go and find out after this, shall I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. let's just leave it
0: <laughs> Leave it as a lovely surprise for you
1: Okay <laughs> In the meanwhile, let's do a podcast So Off you go no, oh, you go first. You do it for once, go on.
0: <laughs> Okay. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 89 of the Mid Faith Crisis podcast. I'm Joe Davis, and I'm joined as ever by broadcasting celebrity, Mr. Nick Page. Hi there. Mm. Hi, <laughs> thanks. Well, it's good to change things up. It is, yeah. Change is as good as a rest. In every sense of the word. Yes. Hey, and today we've got something special in line for the listener yes. an interview with Ruth Valerio. Oh, man
1: actual content.
0: Yes, I know. Such a refreshing change.
1: I know, makes a difference. Right. Anyway,
0: how are you? I'm I'm okay. Yeah, I've been busy, not really with work, but with other stuff, you know, demanding family members, that
1: kind of thing. And you are demanding more family members. I am demanding <laughs> more family
0: members. Yes, I keep saying to Rachel, "Come on, Rachel. <laughs> we must have more family members." She's not as enthusiastic. That's
1: no, funny. Say that. <laughs> So you've got you've had family staying. Uh yes, we've had family staying and we've
0: been doing lots of family things because it's that time of year. Hey, I oh. went to my first NFL game with my son last Sunday. Oh boy, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus the Carolina Panthers. Marvelous.
1: Oh, where, where was this thing
0: <laughs> this is part of the american nfl season they do four, they play four of them in london i think it's to encourage a international audience Am so sh-
1: let me get this correct the nfl yeah that's american National and i use the word f- yeah. advisedly football well yeah it's not football no but yeah that's the one where they wear helmets and a lot of padding
0: there's a lot of crash bang wallop is there? Yeah. Mm. But now I understand the rules of the game. It doesn't seem so ridiculous, as is always the case, I think, with sport. You know, and before you mm. know the rules, you mm. haven't got a clue what's going on. But now now it's, you realise how immensely tactical it is. Yes.
1: Yes, it is a bit like that. It's sort of chess played with... Oh,
0: it's extraordinary. Yeah. Great big blokes. Mm.
1: I think that's why... I don't know. Every time I've watched it, I've thought, oh, for heaven's sake, take the helmets off, get rid of the shoulder padding... Just play rugby. Just do what you're supposed <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to do. Play a proper sport where you're not heavily armoured up. And, and you know, and the, and the rugby's brilliant at the moment. Play play rugby. Well, it, yes,
0: it is brilliant at the moment, especially when our matches are cancelled and we don't actually have to play. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, no I'm, I'm such a big fan of Japan. Oh, yeah, no, like, they're great. In they? the yeah. unlikely event, it's very unlikely that there was a, Jap- a Japan-England final. I really don't yeah. know who would want to win. Oh, I just and just love Japan so much. No,
0: it's true, it's true. But the other great thing about the football was going to uh, the Tottenham Hotspur ground. Oh, my Lord, what a fantastic oh, it right. stadium. Okay. It's extraordinary. It's mm. great, really, okay. really. So I, I was, I was much enchanted with the ground as I was the game, to be honest, but there you go. Very good. Oh, well, but it's everything. a nice season in your life when, like, it's all reverse, you know, suddenly it's my son teaching me, not me teaching my son, you know. Oh, I mean, okay. that happened yeah. a long time ago when he hit sort of basically...
1: Infant school, but you know, just... <laughs> I'm learning. You know. said no, Dad. Colour inside the line. <laughs> exactly, and I can't. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sorry. How are you? I'm all right. Yeah, What's I've been really doing a bit of gardening and all
0: kinds oh, of stuff. Good.
1: I got bulbs to put in, and yeah,
0: very nice. good.
1: Yeah. What bulbs are you putting in? Yeah. Tulips, daffodils, da- tulips, daffodils. Nice. Uh, what are those ones with the big spiky heads? Uh, oh purple. yes they're the alliums. Allium, onion family allium. yes alliums that's it yeah uh snowdrops
0: oh good for you
1: look at your you stuff yeah, yeah, no, yeah.
0: percy just... throw or monty don or whatever you are known as nowadays yeah. <laughs> yeah hey
1: you're a better gardener than me though so i don't really know what i'm doing but your garden's lovely my garden is lovely it is no. i've
0: invented as i go along but it's all good i am about to get rid of my greenhouse are oh, you yeah. my big grass yeah just Why? gum gum treat it Someone's going to come and pick it up for freezes.
1: Are you getting a new
0: Because, one? no, I don't want a greenhouse. I just decided it's kind of in the wrong place and
1: I'm not the, that big fan of what I comes out. I need, a, I need a greenhouse. Do you? Well, yeah. now you tell me. Well, you could have had Claire, it. Right. Here's the thing: Claire was growing Brexit tomatoes. Was she? she yeah. She decided that <laughs> because obviously after Brexit we're not going to get any tomatoes. Oh, exactly. Uh, and yeah. And she decided she'd grow <laughs> Brexit tomato, but we don't have a greenhouse, so in fact we ended up with about seven yellow ones. You know, it really, <laughs> just like Brexit, it 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 took much longer than we were expecting and ended up disappointing everybody. Really. <laughs> that's great really hey listen good.
0: also i've got to say this before we move on had a fantastic bird moment in fact i must put this up on my facebook page uh, for those who aren't too screamish so i'm driving into the Cre- worthing crematorium in findon like you do along the little track which is about a quarter of a mile long And right in front of the car this sparrowhawk swoops down and it attacks a wood pigeon Wow. And the wood pigeon, it seems like double the size of the sparrowhawk, but that doesn't stop it trying to pick it off the ground. It only gets about... To see, and it's all, all happening right in front. So I thought, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to get my little phone out, and mm. film it.
1: So I did. Did you narrate it in the manner of David Attenborough? I
0: wish I had. In fact, I had uh, Jeremy Vine on in the car, so that's the narration <laughs> <laughs> to oh, this, okay. for this wildlife scene. But hey-ho. <laughs> but it was extraordinary. It was just a fabulous... You know, one of those great little close-up wildlife moments, really. Anyway, I digress, and it's not that important.
1: No, right. so we well, should... no, no, it's very good. No, it was well, lovely. I suppose, should we uh move on? Because um that's quite a nice link, really, into what we're going to talk about, what your interview is. Oh, uh, well, You it's... know, nature and wildlife and environment.
0: Yes, so... I mean, you know, it's extraordinary what's happened in the last 10 years. We've gone from sort of the environment and saving the planet being a sort of little fringe issue that, you know, a few fanatics talk about to uh, actually realizing something very serious is happening in the world. And um, and I think uh, in fairness to the church, which we often give a bad time um you know, the church has had voices into this debate for quite some time and none mm. more so than the fantastic Ruth Valerio, who um, who founded an organisation or helped co-founder, I think. Maybe that's not true. Maybe she didn't help founder it, but she was certainly very involved with our Roche. And now she's yeah. at Tear Fund and um, she champions, you know, just climate change issues and green causes and the environment and what we can do. And, and she's brilliant. She's not a prophet of doom. She is a voice of hope and uh just a lady well worth listening to
1: yeah so why don't we do that then?
0: okay let's do it yeah here's ruth valerio hi ruth and welcome to the midway crisis <laughs> podcast
2: <laughs> hello joe <Joan. laughs> nice you. to be with you you
0: are so kind and uh we're sitting in your house in chichester
2: you are it's a pleasure to have you here you're well, very welcome
0: you. you are really kind thank you i uh, would we just say we, we kind of have quite a few mutual friends but i've never really sat down for a conversation with you and uh so this is a real treat for me, but also it's a treat for our listeners. So you, I was just checking out your blog, I hope you don't mind. You have the best title Evs. <laughs> <I
2: don't laughs> Global ever. Advocacy
0: and Influencing Director.
2: Yes, that's oh, the only reason I went for the job. cool.
0: <laughs> so uh, I generally avoid the kind of what do you do questions so let's let's leave that for a minute and talk about who you are and what you're passionate about and 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 how you came to be global advocacy and influencing (laughs) director so take us take us back a bit in the story because you you are an environmentalist a theologian a social activist and an author and I loved Ellis for Lifestyle, even though I couldn't put my hand on the book. <laughs> when I looked for it, I thought, oh, well, I'll at least get it signed.
2: <laughs> oh, well, I'm sorry. But Actually, I think since you last bought Ellis for Lifestyle, a new edition yeah. has come out, came out over the summer, Great. totally rewritten, all brought up to date, new facts. Things have changed so much since I first wrote it, so, there, so there's so, a new one out. So
0: when did you first write it?
2: Well, this one, my maths isn't good, so don't. if I try and work the dates out too quickly, it won't work. This one is its 15-year anniversary. Wow. So what's that? 2004, 2004, I would have thought. Yeah. Yeah. So if you think when I first wrote it, I didn't even have a mobile phone. Wow. And there were no fair trade items on the supermarket shelves. So you can see how much has changed since then. So although it had been through one revision... Really, by this point, it needed a complete rewrite, yeah. which is what I did. Changed some of the chapters, brought all of the stats up to date. Um, Great. Redid the whole thing.
0: So friends, go buy Ellis for Lifestyle immediately. But why um, Why did you write that book? Where did it come from? What was?
2: Yeah, it came from when... Let me have a think. It came from an awareness that... The environmental and the and human issues that we face today, because it doesn't only look at mm. environmental things, it looks at more kind of people-centered issues as mm. well, like racism. So it came from an awareness that the the big issues of our day are exactly that. They're they're huge, and sometimes we can be like rabbits caught in the headlights. Yeah. And when it comes to our climate crisis, as an example, we know it's happening, and we know we need to do something about it but it just seems too big. So the idea behind the book was to take these big issues, break them down into bite-sized chunks so that people can understand them quickly, understand them from a Christian perspective, and then, really importantly for me, be equipped to do something about it. So each chapter's pretty short. It goes through the alphabet, takes an issue for each letter, um the the length of the chapter I sometimes call it a toilet book. Don't yeah. know if I'm allowed to say that. No, yeah, you are. Yeah. Definitely on definitely. this, is, probably, this of, is a toilet <laughs> podcast,
0: so you're fine. So, <laughs> I don't want to
2: assume the length of a sitting of your of your listenership, but you might be able to read a chapter in a sitting. Yeah. And each yeah. chapter finishes with two or three very clear action points so you can actually go away and do something about Fantastic.
0: it. Great. Yeah. Superb, thank you. So so what have you been doing with your life over the last 15 years, Ruth, if I can put it so bluntly,
2: I'm um, having children? Yep, I've been <laughs> having children. Yeah. I've How many been, have you got? Uh, two, two daughters. Yeah, two teenage daughters. One just started university, oh, one uh, upstairs, I think, still asleep. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> and so I've been having children, and that's been one of my main focuses, been bringing them <laughs> up. And then uh, I've been getting a doctorate. Um, just as you do. Yeah, yeah, well, so, did, you,
0: did you just sort of apply online and get one from America? Yeah, Great. Thought, I, saw I saw those thought adverts I'd...
2: on Facebook and thought, that's the best way. Because yeah, yeah,
0: I understand <laughs> there's a more it. difficult way of getting them. Yeah, <laughs> but who would
2: do that if you have to? Who would do
0: that? May I ask um, what the doctorate is in?
2: Yeah, it's... Uh, well, I understand
0: um, the title.
2: Yeah, Yeah, I won't bother with the title. But it's basically looking at consumerism and looking at a Christian response to consumerism and exploring how do we live well as Christians, as followers of Jesus in a consumer culture, and seeing what theological resources are there. And that actually led to my other book, Just Living, Faith Mm. and Community in an Age of Consumerism, which is kind of based on the PhD, but doesn't read like a PhD. I I get like that. Yeah, totally rewritten, done very differently. (laughs) Um so, uh, so I did that and then working um, quite a lot of my time. Well, I, I spent probably 10 years involved on in the leadership of Spring Harvest. Right. So I was very involved with that, though not, not right. anymore. And then working for the Christian conservation organisation, uh, Arosha. Yeah. That works for the conservation and the protection of the natural world. Yeah. So got really involved with them, and uh, they mm. were, a, I mean, they still are a part of my life, even though I don't officially work for them, but they yeah. were a big part of my life for a long time.
0: Yeah, well, you kind of hooked us into um, them a little bit because we heard you speak at Steely's Church in Brighton, yeah. one church, and yeah. uh, you were working for them yep. then. And yeah, I mean, you were a very passionate speaker and um, you know, we just, we, we lapped up what you were saying. Absolutely loved Yeah, well,
2: yeah. Russia provided me with a home really. Mm. I thought I was the the only Christian, this strange, mm. weird, <laughs> green keeney mm. uh, many years ago that most of my family and friends in church laughed at <laughs> and thought I was a bit weird and so on. Mm, yeah. And then when I met the Dave Bookless who, started up a russia uk and and then through him met the others i began to realize actually i wasn't on my own there were lots of others who thought the same and now there are lots more it's now so much more a part of our christian faith than it was do you
0: think it is do you think churches are getting into yeah yeah
2: i do i do i've Mm. really seen things change so much so i've been speaking on these issues probably for about 25 years and it really was, uh, really was seen as a very strange thing. You know, Christians mm. are there to save souls.
0: Yeah, the exactly. And and what is, does the world matter yeah. if God's gonna, you know, renew yeah. it anyway? We don't yeah. need to worry ourselves. So let's rape the oil of its, yeah. re- the world of its resources, <laughs> yeah. take all the fossil fuels out, and that's right. And the gospel burn, is it?
2: just about me and my individual yeah. relationship, absolutely, with with God through yeah. Jesus. So to come in saying not saying that that's wrong but saying that it's too narrow that actually we need to broaden our understanding of the gospel yeah uh, really wasn't an acceptable thing then but over over the last 25 years it has changed so much so if I think of eco church which was a scheme that Mm. I started up when I was with a to help Christians engage to help churches engage with issues of caring for the whole creation There's now 1,600 churches that have registered, something like five Church of England dioceses. Still got a long way to go, but but it it really has changed and it's now much more a a part of what it means to be a Christian.
0: So how sort of theologically did you get to that point, would you say, where it is moving away from just like, it's about saving your soul so you can go to Mm. heaven after you die, to actually the gospel is good news for all creation. What? was there a journey in that for you? Or have you just always seen it that way? No, no,
2: no, no, definitely haven't always seen it that way. It started for me, so I I read theology at university. And when I was at university, someone lent me a little book that explored what the Bible has to say about the environment. And that was Mm. the first time I'd ever come across Mm. that thinking. So I read that. And that, um, I liken it to putting on a new pair of glasses. Yeah. We all read the Bible through a particular yeah, pair of glasses. For sure. And the classic way of reading, or the standard evangelical way of reading it, is through a very individualistic, mm. yeah, sorry, through very individualistic um, frames. What yeah. are these called? Lenses? Lenses, yeah, sure. <laughs> and th- this book helped me take those glasses off and put on a different pair of glasses that opened my eyes to realizing that, that actually the bible says lots about the whole world and mm. about the land and about other creatures and about how jesus died not only for human beings because i still believe that completely mm. but how jesus died for his whole creations in colossians mm. 1 19 mm. yeah. 20 that yeah. jesus blood was shed on the cross to reconcile all things on heaven on earth to yeah. him how many times had I read yeah. that? But with my initial pair of glasses yeah. on, I read that Jesus' blood was shed on the cross to reconcile all people yeah. to him. And yeah, it was exactly. a real surprise when mm. I read it and thought, oh, that's actually not it what it so says. It's so hard, <laughs> isn't it, to
0: go back with fresh eyes and try yeah. not to read in your presuppositions into yeah. the text. and to yeah. So
2: it was a long... Because mm. I've been so ingrained in that individualistic understanding of the gospel it took a a long time to to break out of that and to change my thinking mm. so just lots of reading and thinking it through and, and doing my own bible study mm. and one of the things for me has been that realization of just how much the bible talks about the other parts of the creation other than mm. human beings so i've i've just finished writing The Archbishop of Canterbury's Lent book for next year and I've based that on the days of creation in Genesis one okay so it's six chapters the the day seven is the conclusion Hmm. and each chapter looks at one of those days and does a a bit of a a kind of explores what was created on that day does a biblical reflection on that and then looks at the practical issues around it whether that's light or water land, sea, um, mm. birds, animals, and then human mm. beings. And although I knew it beforehand, it reinforced to me, the Bible is full of other creatures. Yeah, It doesn't only talk about human beings, and other creatures have their own relationship with yeah. God. And other creatures, the whole natural yeah. order, praises God. And, yeah. and we join in Psalm 148, where yeah, we are yeah. part of the community of creation yeah. praising God.
0: But I I love this so much. I think, you know, the the podcast, as you know, it's called Mid-Faith Crisis. And I think part of the frustration, you know, at a certain stage of your faith is this seems so... Like, this message is that a lot of us were getting on a Sunday Mm. seemed to be the same old thing. It didn't seem really connected to the wider world, the bigger context that we were living in. So there was a real divorce between what's happening on a Sunday and, you know, the sort of religious part of our life and everyday life. And I think... For me, it was a little bit of a frustration that the church seemed a bit slow to the party on the environment. Mm. I mean, I I would have thought, given what you've just said, that yeah. environmental issues the church would be the spearheading yeah. away. You know, well, the, given that in the Anglican luck.
2: Church, yeah. Every Sunday, it said, we believe in God, the Almighty, the Creator. Of yeah. Just the first thing we say. <laughs> yeah, or, well, you say, or they say. <laughs> you know, it's I'm there. I'm a Baptist, we don't say that. <laughs> it's there, right. We go,
0: hi, hi welcome.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, but we've missed, yeah. we say it in the Crees, those who do, but have missed the importance of affirming that God is Creator. Yeah. So we focus on God as Saviour. Which is really important, but actually, salvation comes from creation. So, creation and salvation have to be held together, mm. and God as creator has to be held with God as savior. They're not yeah you
0: know, they shouldn't
2: separate them. They're held together. Mm.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. So, so here we are. We we're thinking about this. Our eyes are being opened, and like you say, we're, I, I think when this podcast comes out, we will have done a. A podcast on like background noise, you know, like mm-hmm. and, and the background noise is obviously Brexit. Dare I say? It, I don't want to. Uh, <laughs> and climatic change yeah. and all those kind of, you know, are we at the, coming towards the end of a sixth extinction? Or you know, all those yeah. kind of quite heavy issues. But I want to live, hopefully, yeah. and dare I say, it, joyfully, yeah. in the world. Well, yeah. there are some heavy issues as as the as well as just the everyday life is tough, you yeah. know. So yeah, so how. Do you know, how can I, as an individual, how can I live kind of faithfully mm. to the gospel and to who God is on this earth that seems to be in a bit of trouble yeah. at the moment? Yeah. Um, what, what kind of practical steps do you think I could take?
2: yeah it's a a great question i don't think i've got the answer
0: sorry it's early in the morning and it's saturday
2: (laughs) but it just i mean it strikes me so in my role now working with tear fund Mm. it's something we wrestle with Mm. all the time we live in this Mm. hurting painful world we're Mm. with for sure working reaching into the places of greatest need with the people in greatest yeah. need and the environments in greatest need all the time and it's something we sort of challenge and encourage each other on yeah. how to be living faithfully in that mm. and not getting too despondent i do think well i think part of it is is seeing the good news stories mm. so one of the privileges of working for Tier Fund is seeing the local church so we work through the local church everywhere Mm. um, in all the different communities that we work in and seeing the the local church get it get an integral gospel Mm. and respond and seeing them working into their communities with their communities and helping to see people lifted out of poverty is really encouraging. So seeing that there are good news stories as yeah. well as the bad news and playing a little part in seeing that happen yeah. is a massive privilege. And then also, I'm sure you will have come back to this many, many times, but it it is having those basic rhythms mm. in in your life.
0: So uh, give me give me an example of a basic rhythm.
2: Yeah, so, well, I've used, I'm, all of us do, we use different things at different mm times don't we but for the last well probably last few years i've used uh, an app from the jesuits called mm. pray as you go have you come across yeah, that yeah yeah tell us about it yeah. and it's very short it's often only 12 13 minutes yeah. and it follows the catholic lectionary mm. which is often the same as the protestant mm. one and so it has a reading and then they don't give a they don't give a um a kind of expository reflection mm. in the way that those of us who are brought up in the evangelical mm. church are used to but they ask a couple of questions for mm. reflection and they start with some music from somewhere mm. to to draw you into god's presence and i've i found that a lovely it is really short it's yeah. a lovely way to Do begin yeah. 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 the yeah. day mm. yeah mm and then obviously read one maybe not obviously but reading things um Mm. and that church Mm. discipline too yeah so i'm part of uh revelation family church here great yeah uh down and but often go to the cathedral as well Mm. and really enjoy the peace and the quiet and taking communion regularly Mm. as well has become Mm. quite quite important has become very important Mm. to me and that opportunity to, even if it might not be done in a way that particularly resonates mm. with mm. me, but that opportunity to, to feed on mm. the body of Jesus and mm. drink of Him mm. and to 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 be nourished and fed and sustained, Great. yeah, to give me that nourishment, that sustenance for the week ahead.
0: And I, I don't, I mean, talking about communion, it's really interesting. Communion has for most of my life been a fairly meaningless Yeah. I, I just haven't got it really. Yeah. And you know, I'm the minister leading the community <laughs> services, but you know it's felt odd, you know, and the way we often do it in, in, in the churches I was a part of is it's tacked on the end and you have yeah. a little glass and now we have a, a, a little table fellowship. And it's become full of meaning. Yeah. It for me it is a is a connection point to the whole universe. You mm-hmm. know that sounds a bit weird and out there, but you know, we feel like we're really at that moment reminding ourselves of the presence of Christ yeah. in all things. Yeah. You know, it's back to that Colossians thing, yeah. the sustainer of not just me and my life, but the whole universe. So it is interesting how yeah. how important communion has sort of become on this journey. Yeah,
2: and it reminds you thinking, really. of the physicality of our faith. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're... Taking physical bread and wine that's come from grapes and wheat and so on. You know, it is the fruit of the earth. So our faith is physical, and I think of it as as I feed on Jesus, so He sustains me, so I can feed others. So there's that that kind of in through flowing. I don't quite know. No, no, and I can't describe
0: it. Actually, I can't. And sometimes communion anyone anyone in our little group listening will be laughing now because sometimes it is hilariously funny and sometimes it's very irreverent yeah and sometimes it's very profound yeah. and sometimes there have been tears and you, you never know on a thursday night what's going to be turning up at communion yeah. but it's somehow it's all wonderful when yeah. you put it all together okay another
2: another little rhythm that i have um I stay up at the tear fund office a couple of nights right. a week and the people i stay with it's it's near a park so when I finished a long day in the office, mm. I go go back to the home I stay mm. and put on my get changed and go for a, a fifty minute circular walk oh, through excellent. the park. And that is just a lovely way of clearing my head, talking to God, getting stuff out, connecting with the natural world, doing a bit of physical exercise. So all of those things all together those things I think are seem important. So
0: important. Thank you. Okay, well, one of the things I remember about you when we went to uh, first, who you speak actually? You you are, you threw out the question: What's the best thing any of us can do for the planet? Yeah, and yeah, I, I did. You, did you get us in little groups to I discuss it for me? I think you. <laughs> I think you may have done, and we're all thinking you're recycling <laughs> and everything. I remember being surprised at your answer. Hope you can remember the answer. Uh, so, so, so here's a question: What is the best thing at the moment? Let's just see if it has. To you. What do you think is the best thing? Any of our listeners could do for the planet just individually
2: yeah the biggest thing we can do is significantly reduce the amount of meat and dairy that we eat
0: see i found that quite i at the time i found yeah. it surprising i mean now i think i've heard a yeah, l- number of other yeah. people but you were the first person right. i'd ever heard so why why is that
2: because our meat and dairy industry are causing huge problems so it's to do with the the inputs and the outputs. Okay. So the inputs are
0: input into a cow.
2: Yeah. Well, firstly, where a cow is raised. Yeah. So although it's a bit different here in the UK, the the majority um, of the of cattle comes from Amazon rainforest land. Okay. So unless you can guarantee where it's come from, yeah. unless you can guarantee it's UK, it's likely in sort of Cheap processed sort of burgers and what have you, it's likely it will come from cattle that's been grazed on lands that's come that was rainforest. Okay, so so it's caused big problems with deforestation, and that continues. And then, uh, there's what the cattle and I'm focusing on cows, there's kind of a hierarchy cows are the worst pigs and sheep sort of in between and then chicken less so but all yeah. of it is yeah. is problematic particularly when it's intensively reared so coming back to cattle but this is for any animal is then what they're fed on so the 99 percent of the meat we eat will come from animals that have been fed on crops that come from intensively reared systems so right. most of their food is is wheat and other crops mm. like that And that, again, will have required vast acres of land to grow Mm. it and will have required vast Mm. inputs, chemical inputs. Mm. So the meat we eat won't come from animals that have been grazed out Mm. naturally, eating grass. They Mm. will have, by eating the feed, they will have consumed themselves huge amounts of pesticides, which is um, oil-based, and also water. They're thirsty. They're thirsty things. Sure. Yeah. So the figures are something like for one kilo of beef you require eight kilos of feed. Okay. And that just doesn't make sense in okay. a world of hunger.
1: Yeah.
2: Um and so all of the environmental problems associated with growing those amount of crops to feed yeah. animals. And then there's the other side the outputs mm. which is quite frankly the backside emissions so i come mm. back to toilets again yeah right? exactly so cows yeah. fart methane and yeah. they fart it in vast quantities <laughs> yeah. and that itself causes <laughs> But it is amazing well. to and think that that's an actual contributor too. to greenhouse it gases. Yeah yeah, yeah 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 for sure so um the statistics are very depending on who you talk to but our meat and dairy industry is is one of the highest sectors of our mm. global uh, mm. economic system that contributes to climate crisis so what i'm not saying is that uh, therefore everybody has to go vegetarian mm. um, you may well want to do that mm. and that's great the the important thing is that we're eating significantly less yeah so if you're a hardened meat eater yeah. I would recommend take one day where you don't eat meat. Yeah. And once you've got a bit used to that, then go for two days and three days till you switch it around. So if you do want to eat meat, you maybe only eat it once or twice a week. Yeah. So it's not saying that nobody can ever eat meat yeah, again, of course. Yeah. Yeah. but we need to cut out. It's the same with flying. Flying is one of the other huge contributors mm. to our climate crisis. Uh, some people may decide as a result of that they're not going to fly again and that is the best decision to make to be Mm. honest for the planet yeah yeah but we don't all have to make that decision if we all those of us who do fly if we all said we're gonna cut it by half so maybe if we fly every year on holiday we say we'll fly every other year or maybe we'll fly once every five years or Mm. if we all did that if we all reduced Mm. it would make a massive difference
0: Yeah. yeah Fantastic. Okay, I could talk to you about this for hours and hours and hours, because <laughs> this is brilliant, but uh, I, we should finish, but w- what are you passionate about at the moment? What What's rocking your world, and, and what what do, you, what do you want people to know? Is there anything sort of mm. that's current for you at the moment, or that you just want to share with others?
2: Well, th- when is this going out?
0: I think it's probably going to go out in a couple of weeks' time.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. So mid-October.
2: Okay. So the our climate crisis really really is a crisis mm. and um that that is always front mm. and center of my mind mm. and working at Tier Fund I'm reminded again that climate change is impacting the poorest the most so that link between climate change and poverty yeah. is is a is an intense one that mm. that, I, that exercises me a lot And then also the link between climate and extinction. Hmm. And thinking through, one of the big things for me is thinking through how to respond to that. So I took part in the school strikes a couple of weeks ago with my youngest. And we went to that together in London. And then by the time this comes out, depending on the date, we may have had the next lot of Extinction Rebellion things that are going to mm. be happening at the beginning of October yeah. and I'm a bit involved with that and thinking through from a what's a Christian approach to peaceful civil disobedience yeah. and how much as a Christian do you get right. engaged with yeah. that and how yeah. so sure. uh, so very literally now over the last couple of days I've been doing a lot of thinking yeah. around that with my teams at Tearfund and working out what our responses is and how far peaceful civil de- disobedience is a is a question. Yeah. Sure.
0: So, wow. Now if people want to find out more about you and your work and support you, how how can they do that?
2: um well i've got a website great though i think i probably last put up put something up in may mm, yeah. okay <laughs> so can people contact you through can, that though yeah they can contact me through that so and what's the address i'm on facebook and twitter and insta and yeah. so on so you,
0: you better just give us an address for the website the
2: yeah well if they google me they'll find me ruth um, valeria ruth how do you valeria. spell valeria <laughs> thank you sorry you're trying <laughs> to drag mm. this one um, to me.
0: <laughs> give us an address <laughs> tell us your name <laughs>
2: my name is ruth valerio so r-u-t-h-v-a-l-e-r-i-o great and if they and my website is just ruthvalerio.net
0: perfect listen thank you so much for being on the podcast <laughs> and for letting us come to your lovely house <laughs> You're and welcome. Uh, we look forward to stealing some of yeah, your grapes i'm
2: going to be giving you a whole load of grapes and
0: just outside you. the back door <laughs> that's fantastic thanks so, so much <laughs>
1: Great. Well, that was uh, Ruth Valeria. A lot to think about there. A lot of great information. Yeah, yeah um, good stuff.
0: Yeah, it's great. I'm well jealous of her title, global advocacy
1: and influencing director. The, yes. Do you know what I've been? I've been trying to think through my job title at work, right? And yeah. I was I was wondering about uh, Prince of Peace. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wonderful, count- wonderful counsellor, I think. It's a good, it's a good go. job title. It is. I, <laughs> I
0: dare you to put that at the end of one of your pieces <laughs> that you next Hello. try. Nick Page,
1: Nick wonderful counsellor. Wonderful counsellor. <laughs> but global advocacy and influencing director is pretty good, isn't it? It's good. On and the other hand, quite big. Quite a big yes, task, I feel. I know. Um yeah. So, what what was the what was the key thing that sort of came out for you out of that conversation? then?
0: oh, there were there were lots of things. One is that you know, I I just like the way she frames stuff. She's not she's not a whinging voice uh, in this debate. She she really thinks we can do something together mm. and she's practical and she said and her book i have to say is an excellent book ellis for lifestyle which she she was saying yeah it's been yeah um, it's been it's really good it's just full of really practical i love practical tips yes, you know just I reading stuff in airy fairy and getting depressed it doesn't really get me it certainly doesn't lead to action no. but actually someone who's passionate involved and hopeful and has practical tools to give you you know i listen to those kind of people and mm. um you know, Rachel and I—you know—really been impressed with Ruth ever since we first met her. But yeah, we're we're part of the community of creation, praising God. That was nice, wasn't it? Mm,
1: yeah, yeah. That whole idea of uh, all creation together—I think that's really powerful.
0: Yeah, I like that, and I think again, it's part of—you uh, know—we've often talked about this on this podcast. I think of the universalizing out not just universalism mm. in the sense that we narrowly mean it about everyone going to heaven but actually all of creation being redeemed all mm. things mm. Um, and and i think that was really nice that she had that emphasis yeah how about you well
1: what, yeah no your... i i thought i li- i liked the practical stuff i mean i i suppose i'm quite you know i'm, I'm a bit of a carnivore <laughs> yeah. to be honest well, and just uh, that. But we have been trying, because uh, one of our household is vegetarian, so we have been trying to eat less meat. And so that whole idea of well, not good. only eating less meat, but eating meat, if you're going to eat meat, eat eat it where you know it's come from as well. Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah. So good. I'm really going to try and do that. Well, you know, I hope you take cut, it on board because it's. Down, you know.
0: Frankly, it's embarrassing when we come round and you're sitting in the corner chewing on a
1: carcass. Again. I know, but, you know, I like to eat the whole animal. I I like <laughs> to honour the whole animal. So, uh, you know. Uh, I'm like that sparrow hawk basically but you know I know I think that's a a, that's quite a a thing for me that I think we should uh, really address Uh, the point is you can't solve the big thing can you I mean you can't really solve the big thing no you can only do little things um and so I think it's good to set your habits and and to sort of set a goal that's a that's you know, might be stretching slightly, but it's achievable. And then work on exactly. that one. And then once you've done that one, then work on another one as well. Uh, whereas most of us, we end up reading these books or going to these yeah. websites about you know green lifestyle and, and you think oh, i'm going to give it all up i'm going to ha- run a small holding somewhere and you know all that <laughs> yeah, kind of stuff yeah. and and of course you don't you can't do that so no. you know i think incremental steps are important and really. she, you know she is unashamedly
0: vegan and i think that's why i respect her more saying to meat eaters look just try and go one day a week yes, that yes. Mean? she's not saying become a vegan no um, um and credit to her because many Mm. vegans I know do say that (laughs) she's a bit like evangelicals yeah they they are (laughs) they can be some of them I guess that they have all types yeah exactly (laughs) but I just thought that was such a a healthy and look wherever you are on the scale and whatever your income you know because it just because sometimes you know we have these nice middle-class ideas and actually the poorest of the poor can't afford it so absolutely yeah that's uh, absolutely true so you know get get with it and do do what you can. Make a step. Not just Excellent. not no steps. No, I really love that. But here's the thought. It made me think about what we often talk about in church. And you know, if you were a vicar, would you would you use that position to say to people eat less meat, or would you would you you know talk about the chiastic structure of Isaiah? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, I think I think the thing is, it it's, I sometimes hear people sort of making claims about the Bible and environment, which I don't yeah. think necessarily are true. And in, in the sense, that there's no yeah. way that the people who in the Bible were environmentally aware in the same way that we are, because sure. they didn't understand the world in the same way, and they didn't have the control over the world yeah. that we have. Yeah. That's the difficult. Yeah. That's yeah. the dangerous thing. So mostly the, the good life in the Bible is about living in a city. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's about living in a city, being protected, having a, you know, this is their picture of a good life. So it's not this kind of uh, other kind of yeah. environmental sort of lifestyle yeah. we'd like to think. So I think, but you'd have to frame whatever you're saying. If you're a vicar, I think you have to frame it in terms of, well, what is the spirituality here? What is the biblical kind of uh, basis here? And I, I, that's where I think the whole creation bit comes in. And honouring the whole of creation. Yeah, and and also the poverty bit. You know, the thing that she's uh, because she's involved with Tear funds, You know that that this yeah. is not a this is not an isolated. You are not isolated. No, from exactly. The yeah. So our decision to eat cheap burgers has a has an impact on people's lives across yeah. the other part of the world, exactly. The other side of the world it really does. So you yeah. want to kind of, I think that's where the message comes in. So yeah, I would say that I would say eat less meat, but yeah. I I would also not be a vicar. So it's a kind of heavily hypothetical conversation, really. But it it is interesting, isn't it,
0: that... Uh, you know one of the things I quite respect about um one church you know Dave Dave Steele is our mutual friend and I know who has done been on the podcast you know he he unashamedly does series on mental health issues and all those sort of things and you know sometimes you get a bit of stick don't you about you know should you preach expositionally through a bible or should you take a theme and all that sort of stuff I mean that debate rages doesn't it in the church sometimes you, you know
1: um and I, 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 I think people want stuff to do. I think that's yeah. the whole point. People want people want stuff to do to be a Christian. Yeah. You know, well, I I do. I think I agree. might write a book one day called "It is a bit about works." Yeah. <laughs> because, yeah exactly. You know, and and I think people scientist. want stuff to
0: I do. <laughs> I completely agree. In fact, there was a great um, email I was reading this week. Uh, this week from our friend Richard Raw who I haven't mentioned for ages by the way
1: our friend Richard Raw I have not met him he's not my friend
0: oh he's not your friend well in the spirit of friendship he is my friend (laughs) is he
1: yeah you're a fanboy yeah I am
0: (laughs) yeah just like just like the birds in the garden they're my (laughs) friends (laughs) <laughs> Just like the goldfinch. Oh, I went to see the goldfinch. Did I tell you that? That's a great film. Anyway, oh, okay. yeah, don't yeah. get distracted. The point Moving about on, this, about this email, wall, well, the point about wall. this was right, he was on. making the point about how do we know God? And he was drawing on one particular passage, I think it was, uh, from, uh, from Jeremiah, I think, as I recall. But, you know, there are many passages in the Bible that seem to indicate the, the person who says they know God but who is acting unjustly is a liar and oh, sometimes it puts yeah, it in that very stark contrast that we sort of cringe away from a bit but um, but there's no doubt that acting justly is the sort of defining feature of someone who knows God it's not necessarily about correct belief although I'm sure that has its important part to play but you you know it the the prophetic voices were about, it's about how you behave. Do mm. you behave justly or do you mm. behave unjustly? And if you're behaving unjustly, you can't then say, you know, God, <laughs> yeah, well, or so. well, that's
1: what well, they were saying. anyway. No, well, so, I think that's absolutely clear. Mm. There are lots of passages that, uh like, you know, one John and James and things yeah, like yeah, that yeah. say about exactly that. Exactly. Um, and anyway. So it is well, about think, it is about a bit about doing.
0: I mean, grace well, a bit about is what stuff we you do, and I think
1: he yeah. wants stuff to do. I think that you, yeah. you you want to be engaged. You want to do stuff. So anyway, uh, so, that was very good. Well, thank you. I enjoyed that uh, interview a lot. You're a very good, interviewer. and. Um, well, uh, I only so need to what are you be gonna, good what are you people. Gonna, I'm going to eat less meat. What are you going to do?
0: Yes. Yeah, the same. I mean, we're already well on that journey, but I think going over there, because Rachel was there as well, and she's a lovely lady and she welcomed us into her house. And so, yes, definitely. There, we, we, I think we both came away sort of renewed in our commitment to, you know, just that slight bit of living a bit more simply, but definitely on the eating only good quality meat, but much less of it. Yeah. So not the cheapy meat cuts which yeah. you know we had to we, you know when we were skin and growing That's a family easy, but we're it? a different yes. stage of life now yes. we can afford yes. to do this so yes. we use the consumer power that we have in a way it's not to prescribe this for everyone but you know i'd rather eat organic nice expensive meat you know once a fortnight and then you know rubbishy poor quality so can antibiotic can I... infected meat
1: when I come and see you,
0: yep. can you you're invite eating... me
1: on the day nope. that you're having the rather nice organic no, you're eating veggie. No, oh. you're eating veggie. Darn it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> anyway, a... we should we should wrap up and uh, <laughs> go and save the world. Yes, so... let's do it.
0: And let's encourage all of you, dear listeners, to do exactly the same.
1: Yeah, I hope uh, so. Well, and tips and hints and let us know what you do and, and che- all that kind of stuff. And,
0: yeah, and check out Ruth's blog, uh, ruthvalerio.net. Yeah, great. Fantastic.
1: Alright, thank you for being with us. We'll be back in a week's time. See you then. Bye.